Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Yovan Buha. We've got Trevon Edwards. We've got Wozni Lambre, our cultural anthropologist. And, of course, uh, Jared Weiss is also on the on the podcast today. Before we get into uh, a sneaker pod that was that was obviously pre-planned, it's around uh, a couple of pieces, one that uh, Yovan and Trey and everybody worked on, um, another roundtable that's coming out. Uh, obviously, we're, we're very aware and we're not insensitive to what's going on in this country right now. We're recording this on Monday morning. We don't know when this podcast is going to go out, so this could be Tuesday, Wednesday. It could be a week after. We don't really know, um, but after what's happened over the last week, uh, we're very aware and we don't want to make light or ignore anything important going on in this country and in everyone's lives as everyone's been affected by this in different ways. We hope that if you choose to listen to this podcast, um, that it gives you a little bit of a reprieve from from things going on. I've done this with other podcasts and other people have. Uh, you know, we, we don't want to, to make light of what's going on or say, hey, you should be thinking about sneakers right now. But some people may want that distraction for 30, 40 minutes, whatever this ends up being. And if you decide, like, look, there's too much serious stuff going on right now. I don't have time for this. I'll save this for later or I'm just not going to listen. We respect that, too. There's a, a great podcast out with David Aldridge, Waz, and, uh, and Marcus Thompson um, also around a piece that Marcus Thompson wrote, we have uh, we have an open letter from Monty Williams on the website. Um, we've got uh, we've got you know tales of uh, racism, racial injustice th- from a, a myriad of, of writers on the on the website that posted uh, Monday morning. There, there's a lot of material if you want to stick with what's going on in this country. Um, you know more power to you. We we support that. We support you. Uh, but we just wanted to make sure that you are. Uh, you know, you're not being ignored, you're not being unheard, and uh, and that we do take this uh, this very seriously. But we do have a, a job to do on uh, on our end as well, and part of that job is this podcast today. So, Jovan, I will uncomfortably throw to you. You were the the point man for this. I'll play point guard on this podcast, which I don't usually like to pass, but I'll do it today. But Jovan, this was this you kind of spearheaded this project. What was the impetus of ranking the 25 greatest sneaker lines, not sneakers, but sneaker lines uh, for the athletic? Yeah, so um, this project came from a conversation with one of my editors, John Shear. We we were talking about different quarantine um, ideas and just things that I could kind of branch out from just covering the Clippers and and just doing my beat work. And he he mentioned, you know, I I know you're into sneakers. That that you know, I worked with John back at ESPN, and I'd done a few sneaker things under him. And he was like, "Why don't you do a sneaker story?" And I started to think about it. And I think one of the, the more cliche ones, of course, is, you know, the, the best signature sneakers ever. And, um, you know, while I was working on this project, ESPN ended up you know, re- releasing you know, top 74 sneakers ever. Um, and they had released a version of that a few years ago. And, um, you know, nice kicks and, and complex and bleacher report. And everyone has kind of done some version of that story ranking the top 25 sneakers, 50 sneakers, 75, whatever. Uh, so for me, I thought a more interesting you know, discussion would be the top signature sneaker lines and, and actually dissecting, you know, I think we all agree Jordan is number one and, and he was number one by a wide margin in this. But after Jordan, who's number two and, and who's number three and, and who's number 10 and just having that you know, debate and discussion. So uh, I, I reached out to some people that I knew were, were pretty big sneaker heads. And uh, I got to give Trey a shout out because he was instrumental in this. Um, you know, he, he really helped me 
we had several Skype calls and, and, you know, started with a list of around 50 different signature sneaker lines and, and kind of narrowed it down to like 30 ish. Then we kind of dissected it some more and, and got it to 25. I know he talked to some people in, in the sneaker industry and sneaker media to, to kind of get their insight and, and help him um, kind of narrow it down. So after that, once we got to 25, we, we formed this sneaker committee with, with some of the people on this pod, um, as well as Matt Havia, uh, the, the audio, uh, you know, one of our audio producers, uh, Nick Cosmider, our Nuggets reporter, and Jason Jones, our Kings reporter. And the seven of us ranked all 25 sneakers, one through 25, and, and that ended up being 50% of the vote. And then we released a Google survey on Twitter and The Athletic uh, that got about 1,000 responses and that was uh, fans and, and readers and, and subscribers voting, you know, each sneaker line one through 10. Um, and then we combined those, you know, 50-50 into one, you know, one through 25 list that posted last Friday on The Athletic. So, um, again, thank you to everyone on this podcast that participated in both the ranking and the roundtable that's going to be coming out. And um, thank you to anyone listening who, who voted or, or commented on the piece. Yeah, we, we've got a, a very similar situation of when Kobe Bryant had two numbers retired. Um, he's got two sneaker lines, Trey. He's got the Adidas yeah. and he's got the Nike, both in the top <laughs> yeah. ten on the on the at least the sneaker committee rankings. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of it kind of happens for um, for a few athletes. I mean, if you're fortunate to have a signature line with multiple multiple um, you know um, shoe shoe organiz- you know what I mean shoe businesses and and whatnot and you know money talks and the more you play the more um different different brands fall into a bidding war that fits um in the plan and 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 kobe uh had some very good looking shoes um and then he had some very ugly shoes so um (laughs) those those kind of played into the factor of you know what i mean like he made a real a, a real rocket launch after he switched to nike you know what I mean? And, and it was interesting because it was like one of the pivotal points in his career um, where, you know, Shaq left and he became the man. But he also was dealing with, you know, legal issues and things like that. And, and Nike took a gamble and it, it paid off diligently. Uh, Jared, in terms of like what you noticed from the list, was there anything that really stood out to you just uh, from either the, the sneaker committee list or the or the, the fan list? I want to say first off, recognize the irony that Kobe was the one that did it with two different brands while LeBron has been with the same brand the whole time. And I think maybe oh. enough time has passed that people forgot how big of a deal it was that LeBron switched teams and one with a different team. But I I just kind of noticed the irony there. That's how, <laughs> the shoe was on the other foot when it comes to shoes. Yeah, that's true. LeBron, LeBron's been the loyal one in the in the sneaker game, right? I mean, they also gave him a billion dollars, so that helps. I mean, a billion yeah. dollars helps. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't have left Cleveland if they gave him a billion dollars the first time. Yeah. So, but that damn CBA. Well, you know uh, I I was surprised that uh, LeBron wasn't number two overall. I I thought that was like a, a the sneaker committee came up with LeBron number two overall, but then the readers had him down at number six. And that that really surprised me just because, you know, maybe I'm not as big of a Kobe Nike fan as most people are, but I thought it would just be kind of universally agreed upon that LeBron would be number two. Well, Waz, this is interesting to me because 
I actually like I have a couple of LeBrons, uh, but I definitely have way more Kobe's than I do LeBrons, and I find that mostly because a lot of LeBron's shoes are just heavy ass shoes that I don't want to lug around on my feet. Yeah, um, I think I think the thing with Kobe and LeBron is that with Kobe, once he decided to do the sort of um, low tops, he was basically the first guy to be like, yo, soccer players playing low tops. I'm going to play in low tops because I feel like my game is and, and is so agility focused and footwork focused. Um, that's the kind of shoe I want to wear. I think those shoes tended to look really similar. Um, that's the only knock I'll give Kobe's line is that the shoes ended up looking very similar from, you know, seven, eight, nine or whatever. Once he, once he went to that low top format, um, whereas LeBron, I think you got a diversity of looks and I think with LeBron, you know, uh, especially with the, with the LeBron eights, I don't think anybody else on the list who isn't Jordan ever had a like a South Beach um, LeBron 8 moment where this shoe just literally becomes the it shoe, right? Like that wasn't like, you know, some really special, really limited edition where they only made 30 sneakers. So, of course, people are going crazy for them. Um, I think to me, that's what would push LeBron over these guys is he's the only one that ever replicated these crazy, a crazy ass moment um, that could even rival Mike. And another thing, I think um, we're kind of giving Kanye short strip here, even though he's not an athlete. <laughs> and I know we're sticking <laughs> to the NBA. Um, he's the only other non-Jordan person who's consistently creating frenzy around his sneaker drops, right? And that's why, to me, I would put LeBron, you know, above the other guys as far as behind Jordan. And I think a lot of his earliest stuff was underappreciated. I, I really do. I really think the um, the first the Zoom generation, yeah, the, the first Zoom ones was were incredible. under yeah, yeah, it was underappreciated. Like I think a few of them that they've already retroed. Um, you've seen some success with the retro. I think in real time they were underappreciated. I think that as of lately, I would say since like the 12s, um, it's mostly been underwhelming. But from 1 to 12, I think there was legitimately some great um, sneaker moments in there. Trey, I got a question because I was – as as Waz mentioned the Zoom and, and kind of how they've retroed some stuff, um, they retroed the Zoom with a, with a wheat pair, right? Uh and I right. started thinking like it's the All Star Game. Yeah, I started thinking like, all right, well, I'd, I'd never wear the Wheats, and I know the Wheats have been like they've had them all all over different different shoes for for Nike and and Jordan. But I've always I've, I've always looked at them and been like, yeah, I have no interest in that. And then I started thinking, well, that's got to be an East Coast thing because it's like a very Timberland look, and obviously yeah. we know that there are a lot of Timberlands <laughs> on the East Coast, especially in New York. Yeah. But Trey, I was curious as a West Coast guy, are you in on the Wheats, or is that just too is that too much for you? Uh, so it was actually a theme and I think though, you know what I mean? Like to, to combat what Waz said, like, I felt like LeBron's, uh, signature series has been very overrated, um, due to so many flops with so many, like 17 signature shoes, maybe a hot six and one specifically being the South beach, which he mentioned, um, that was, you know, kind of in the prime of internet era where you could actually move shoes. I mean, shouts to Nike Talk for, for establishing a community for guys to discuss certain things and, and the culture. But, you know, Galaxy Foams and, and, and LeBron South Beaches are the ones that 
kind of get the credit for resale and kind of skyrocketing the, the, you know what I mean, the sneaker culture to a point where it's hard to get shoes now. But when you break it down, and again, like you said, as a West Coast guy, I don't think that discredits anything. I was a basketball player first. Yeah. And those were a shoe to have. You know what I'm saying? Themes are everything. When you add themes and colorways to certain things, now you have a story. And that story is like, okay, where were you during that All-Star? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's also samples that never get released that you see certain players wear. And you're like, ah, what was the backstory on that? So, again, the Wheat All-Star obviously was big despite it being not tasteful in the eye. But, again something you should have in your collection at that time. And I got a chance to actually plan those. So I, I just was, you know what I mean? And that's to this day, one of his best, most comfortable, uh, signature shoes. Yeah. The rest are like, Oh, the zooms are, with the, the, zooms Nike, are the with, best shoe. Pretty much playing yeah. with like a, a Nike shoe box strapped to your feet. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's basically, it's basically supported for his body mass, right? Yeah. Six, nine, two fifty. If I'm a point guard, I'm not wearing LeBron's, no. and I think that's where the soldier kind of came into play. And yeah, soldiers it helped. Big, right? It it came, you know, the, the very first soldier was very good because it it supported the role players. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, which were guards and and, and wing players, and everybody's not going to be able to wear LeBron's. So um, again, I, I have I have some some. Due to votes, I, I had some problems with two and three with Kobe and LeBron being so high just because they had a lot of hit and miss. Yeah. Uh, Yova, what was it like whittling this down? It, it was tough, um, you know, because I, I made like my own list of, of every signature line I could think of. And I got to like 40 something. And then I asked Trey for his list and he got to, I think, around 50 and, and had even more than I did. And. We we went back and forth. Um, you know, I don't know how many times we skyped. It was probably three or four. Uh, really talking through, you know, each line. Um, you know, some were obvious, like the ones we just discussed: LeBron, Kobe, MJ. Um, but some, you know, once we got to like, and originally we had talked about doing maybe you know combining some. Um, like with with the Dadas, uh, you know, Spreewell and Weber, um, <laughs> but we, we just didn't feel, or you know, at the end, w- once I was kind of finalizing everything, I, I just didn't feel it was right to say this was a player signature sneaker ranking, and then have like two guys combined into um, like a Megatron one. Yeah. Um, so I, I went with Weber because of his Nike history and him being the more prominent player. Um, but God, it, it, it was tough. And, those and Dada, whatever, that, <laughs> trash, man. Oh my God. I, 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 yeah, I, I realized that. I, I, I had really a pair because everyone in Sacramento had a pair because, you know, shout out Sacramento, I guess. But God, those were trash shoes. <laughs> like a big time C Web's Dada, like that, that was um, the era when, um, you know, certain type of brands, there was a specific kind of brand that. Advertised in the back of Slam magazines, oh. <laughs> and and, and C Web Dadas was one of those brands, right? Oh like, my God. like Trey, you remember the Ron Artest headband yes. with the third G bands? Yes, those D bands. D bands. Oh, I still want one of those. Or, or the, the 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 thing that you that came attached at the tip of a shoe. 
to give you hops like the, oh the plyometric the, stuff yeah the jump yeah, souls the jump cylinder. souls yeah like those are the type of things that got advertised in the back of slam magazines and C Web's dadas um oh man so the remember crazy, the chrome dadas the crazy, sto- the crazy story about the dada C Web's right uh he had 22 um home colorways and he had 11 road colorways for it. So he had wood grain. He oh, had yeah. Purple, oh, my God. The wood red. grain was so He had cool. options with the patent leather. He even had a, uh American flag uh, is, colorway. That was yep. the one that had the, the rim spinning on it, right? So that was Spreewell as that was his signature. It was called the mm, Spree. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Sprees. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh man. So you ever just blinged out? The fun. Yeah. The funny thing was like I had friends. I never got. Them, I had friends who bought the chrome ones, and then they tried to play in it, and they cracked because of course they did. They have a, like a plastic chrome shine on them. They cracked immediately. Oh my, my friends goodness. were so mad. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, they're ruined." I was like, "What are you thinking? Sneakers. These are bad." Yeah. Sneakers, oh, they're terrible. Watch this. Is just bad. Yeah. Bad. 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 But you know the cool thing too. That and and it's tough to compare the eras because a lot of times big players like Chris Webber, when they were on Nike, they would be affiliated with the shoe, right? Like the Nike Air Max sensation, like wasn't called the Chris Webbers, but they were very closely affiliated with Chris Webber. So that actually was his rare signature, was right? The only signature that he had with Nike. Uh-huh. Right, but they didn't call him the Chris Webbers for whatever. Yeah, reason. so they or never whatever his nick. What what was Chris Webber's nickname? Just C Web. It was, it was, it was C Web, but they don't. Yeah. They, they didn't really <laughs> crazy <laughs> with the names. Right. Um, until like maybe like I mean Barkley obviously, but a lot of those shoes normally had maybe two initials to keep it because Barkley's signature series is very crazy. It's CB so CB thirty four. So um, you know, CB4, like they, they, they get all over the place with it, right? And then you got the Air Max Total up tempo. You got Air Much More. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it, it goes, it goes into a degree of like, well, I just had this shoe, didn't I? And they're like, no, you don't have the Total Max, or you don't have the, you know, the, the different technology that has shifted. And that's the thing that I think that they were kind of switching. So, for C Web to, you know, make one of the Barclays signature shoes very popular with the Michigan Fab Five and then to get Air Max Sensation and then just kind of trickle down and wear other stuff um, was very interesting. Yeah, you guys do have a glaring omission from this list, I have to say. What's what's that? Well, all right. So as some people know, I used to work for Oakley, slinging sunglasses and stuff. Well, they had a basketball shoe that was worn by Shane Battier. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shane. And oh, my God, the technology Shane in it was. Batty. The technology in these shoes was just incredible. Shane um, Batty having an Oakley endorsement, <laughs> being the no stats all star. Like, that you is know how hard it was. Do you know how hard it was to try to convince people this was a shoe you needed for basketball because Shane Battier wears it? Do you know how hard that was? Right. I never sold any of them. Well, so so back to Barkley for a second that that Trey mentioned that I think is really important is that um, at the time, Nike was really stingy about who they would give signature shoes to. So the fact that Barkley and Ted 
the fact that Barkley and Ted had their own signature shoes in the night, like Barkley had like four of them, and then they retroed them, and they became very successful yeah. when Nike started their retro business in the very early two thousands, and to the point where they made hybrid Barkley retros. Like that's how that's how much respect Barkley's signature line sort of has the cultural cachet that it has in the sneaker community. And I don't think people realize, like, for Barkley to have four of his own shoes in his heyday was crazy because they and – and they had his name on it and everything because Nike just wasn't doing that for people. And I think Barkley, I think, was got kind of got short shrift on the list because I think – one, the importance of him having those shoes. And as Trey said about LeBron and Kobe, because they came in a time where, like, LeBron has 17 signature sneakers, that just never happened for anybody in the Nike in the 90s. And Penny and Barkley, their hit rate on their signature shoes is, is you can't even compare it to LeBron and Kobe or Kyrie and, 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 um, and people like uh, Kevin Durant, you know, to a certain extent. Like, the percentage of the hit rate of the Penny series is is astronomical, which yeah. is why I rate it very high. What's up, bro? Um, Jovan, what, what was your biggest takeaway from this? I had two. One, this was a very Nike-heavy list, and we, we knew that once we had, you know, because 13 of the 25 sneakers were Nikes, and, yeah. you know, we kind of knew that going in it was going to be Nike-heavy, but... The first six, if you include Jordan as a Nike brand, which it is, uh, the, the top six are all Nike athletes, and eight of the top ten are Nike athletes. Uh, and then the second thing was, this definitely skewed younger, which kind of surprised me. Like I, I thought, um, you know, I, I don't know the exact demographic breakdown of the athletic, but I do know, you know, w- with some stuff we we tend to be, you know, trend a little older. And but look at the list, you know, you had Kyrie at five. KD at six, Dame at nine, and PG at 12. I thought all four of those guys were probably a little too high and, and kind of skewed um, towards like, you know, the the under 25 generation. Um, so that to me were the two things like, you know, Nike dominated the top 10. And I, I was surprised at, at how, you know, some of the more modern guys who don't even have, you know, Kyrie, what has five, five or five models, uh, you know, Dame has six. Katie's been around for a while, but you know PG has four. Like so, some of these guys aren't even at the level of of Barkley or, or some of these other guys, and um, you know I, I thought it surprisingly skewed towards more modern players, which I, I thought there'd be more old heads kind of pumping up the the '80s and '90s guys, uh, and it was actually the opposite. I gotta say, uh, and Jared, I'm curious if you feel the same way. I was personally offended by both lists, the committee and the <laughs> and and the readers, because. I do not like any of the Paul George shoes. I just do not like it. And, all right, I may be a little biased here, but I loved a lot of the KG shoes. Kevin Garnett shoes with Nike, like, I, I liked a lot of them, especially the, even the ones with and one. Like, he was obviously all over the place with, with the branding, but I love the KG line. And, yeah, again, some of that might be nostalgia and bias, but I just, on another level, like, I've just never thought the Paul George shoes were good. And I know I'm I'm in a minority on this because it, they seem to do pretty well. Um, maybe that's because of the price point. But like Paul George finished higher than KG on both these lists, and I'm not for it. You're pivoting to the right guy because I think I had the Paul Georges like ranked 23rd on my list. I had them. I had them like it was the last clean line before you get to all the junk shoes, like the datas and stuff like that. And 
I'm trying to think of PGs that I've seen that I really liked. He had the NASAs. I really loved those with the bright orange and the silver on the side. And then the PlayStations are pretty subtle, but a nice, you know, kind of use of like midnight navy blue and some of the kind of glowing neon pink and green from PlayStation. But otherwise, the the shoe designs have been pretty bland. You know, the strap is like nice, but aesthetically not that great. And there just hasn't been that many memorable additions and especially not that many memorable mainline shoes. And I tried to weigh heavier towards the like kind of the main colorways of the initial rollout than the most popular sold colorways being uh, rolled out more heavily than like the special editions because that's why I had Dame and Kyrie lower on my list too, because for Kyrie, his best shoes are the the very rare limited editions, and then for Dame, frankly, I don't think the Dames have been any good until the three and the four. I liked a lot. I'm not I'm not not sure how I feel about the five yet, but it's so early in Dame's sneaker career for him to get that kind of ranking. So I'm I'm totally on board with what you guys are saying. Yeah, I would never I would never like be unprofessional and say, hey, if anyone at Nike's listening to this, I need a pair of the confetti Kyrie's in a size 12. <laughs> I would never say that, right? But those are the ones I do. I love I love the Kyrie line. I don't like the ones with um with the strap. And maybe that's my issue with like the first Paul George. Like Trey, I I just don't like shoes with straps uh attached to them. I think there was like the KD I think the Durant like three or four, I can't remember which one, but they had a strap across and that's the only one I've two. ever really uh, two. All right. That's the only one I've ever really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, anything with the strap, like the Kyrie twos, I don't like, um, the Paul George, like, I don't like anything that has that strap across because I just, it just looks ugly to me. Yeah. I mean, the frontal, the frontal strap normally supports certain athletes, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like for that plant and kind of turn. So a lot of those, the PG one is probably one of the, the, the rare models that I pushed a year or two ago. Um, that that the comfort was just so unreal, you know what I mean? That that I couldn't ignore. I mean, I didn't buy it because it was a Paul George. It just he just happened to be attached to that shoe. Yeah. Um, and though Jared mentioned the PG three, I, I just kind of was out on it because I'm just more of a, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even consider myself, you know, a specialist in this stuff. But I mean, certain things when you have to factor in, just the transitioning of '90 sneakers were all high top, and it took for the Kobe four for guys to actually adjust to a low top sneaker in 2009 um and that played a huge role that study showed that the ball of the ankle needed to be free so you know what i mean that eliminated ankle braces because guys were hooping with ankle braces like openly showing yeah and that kind of eliminated that part um and kind of gave gave uh basketball players a little bit more camp, uh confidence to, to to hoop freely but again like these votes were interesting from 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 both parties, you know, what I mean, us and um, the readers. Uh, and it, it's interesting to see it also kind of shows a certain, I guess, taste and um, how you separate it. You can go performance, you can go look, um, you can go the player that you like, you know, what I mean, and I think that, you know, when you have to factor in the power, the power lines, like Waz said during the 90s. It's Jordan, it's Anthony Hardaway, it's Charles Barkley, it's Jason Kidd, it's Gary Payton. Guys that had multi multiple signature series, you know what I mean, before anything else. You know what I mean? Like it's these these newer players that are, 
kind of been around. Like, I think Kyrie's approaching maybe a seventh sneaker. KD's approaching number 13. There's a lot of hit and miss. You know what I mean? But um, And they and they, they borrow a lot of elements from the previous sneakers. You know what I mean? It's the same way as you're saying, you know, LeBron's the greatest passer ever, but then you can't skip over the parts of Magic Johnson and Pistol right. Pete. Yeah. So, so all these shoes, you know what I mean, these designers have to pay homage or, you know, an, uh, or, or some type of type of uh, respect matter to what came before. You know what I mean? Again, and we talked about ugly sneakers. You mentioned Shane Battier. We had, me and Jovan had a conversation about uh, Hakeem Olajuwon Spalding. Oh, yeah, And we also right. had a conversation about, wow. um, you know, we didn't even consider Masterpiece. Uh, Pete Miller, Grant. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a Speaking lot. Of the back lot. pages of Slam. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's a lot. Lived back there. We didn't include you know Brandon Jennings being Brandon Jennings being the first uh, athlete for Under Armour. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yep. His first two, he had two signature lines there before it gave guys an opportunity like Steph Curry to you know uh, to to have his signature line and, and grow from there. You know what I mean because. There, there's certain pioneers that that have been, you know what I mean? Like, in, in, you know, with The Last Dance, we were able to find out that Michael Jordan was nearly, that he loved Adidas, and they dropped the ball. Um, all these guys wore Adidas first, you know what I mean? And, and that's not to, to to jump on their case, but, you know what I mean, like, the powers have shifted, and, and Nike has hired very talented designers to, to keep a, a strong post on the game. Um, Jovan, we have to address the elephant in the room. Uh couple of honorable mentions here. You do cover the Clippers, who are clearly threatened by the Houston Rockets, and so you have to kind of downgrade what a James Harden line does or what a Russell Westbrook line does, both prominent members of the Houston Rockets. So just explain yourself on that one. Um, well, I, I think we're talking about this with Trey. I'm, I'm going to bring him into this too. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, you're you're going gonna to go under the bus yeah, when you're bringing try, Trey I'm with to you. I'm <laughs> Uh, I, I think if you like Russ and, and James are associated with fashion and, and we know that and, um, you know, that goes back to their early OKC days and, um, you know, they have some of the best, you know, tunnel fits in the league, uh, you know, just go to league fits and, uh, you know, every other post is going to be, you know, Russ or James. But I think when it comes to their sneakers, uh, you know, maybe you can make the case that they should have been somewhere in the you know, mm, that bottom no, five, to six. So. like, but I, I think you can't really point to like that Harden sneaker or, or that Russ sneaker. Um, like they, they don't have a lot of sneaker moments, I, I feel like, or, or just a lot of colorways that, that really resonated, um, with, with people. So to me, it's like, you know, yes, Russ is you know, associated with, with Jordan and, um, James is now kind of the, the co-face of Adidas with, with Dame, but I don't think either one has kind of had a real sneaker hit yet. And, um, you know, I think based on star power, sure, that they should definitely be on the list and, and based on kind of their, their off-court fashion. But um, for actual, you know, what their sneakers have, have done and kind of resonated with culture, like I, I don't think, um, you know, maybe over the Dada's, I don't know, maybe 22, I'm going to just be honest, right? <laughs> right? And I have to be honest. They're not selling sneakers. Not selling right, yeah. and this is the Facts. thing like i got a chance to play in the hardened one uh good shoe but after that again this is specifically made for certain players it's a wide front harden has wide feet 
Um, and every player doesn't have that. So, again, when you're lugging around heavy shoes, that's not comfort. The why not is a very high shoe, but also very busy and very rust. Everybody can't pull that off. So, again, these are certain shoes. Although these these athletes are very good players, it is hard. It is hard. It's hard to market these type of players um, with their designs and their, you know, and, and the approach that they want to go like. Harden has a chance to uh, do collaborations with Daniel Patrick and other brands and things of that nature. Still hard to sell. And that's the thing, because, again, when you think about it and you, you, you know, these guys are passionate and want their, you know, I mean, want their merch to sell despite how their performance on the court. Right. Harden was averaging 36 points per game at one point in time. He was aggressively, aggressively attacking Adidas to say, how can you know, we need to drop my shoe. We need to market this. We need to do this. You know what I mean? And despite that, you still can't sell sneakers. LeBron James isn't even selling sneakers like that. It is so hard to market. It is so hard to market sneakers in this day and age. The only person that is really, 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 really killing right now is, okay, I'll, I'll give LeBron. He's probably one or two. Steph Curry's still moving shoes just because kids like him. Kyrie Irving is making a killing because of price point, because of the design, because of the relatability. It's not about our age group. We can complain about colorways all we want, and we're living off nostalgia, and we're the old men yelling at clouds, but it's grassroots. How can I get this next teenager to wear this shoe? You know, and and Kyrie with his cereal collab with, you know, these these extra... You know, like I got yeah, a chance with uh, with with the previous platform I was on. We got a chance to interview the the uh, designer of one of his sneakers, right? And he had, he was actually in the Philippines and found out about the culture and really wanted to do a colorway. So Kyrie is like he goes over and beyond with his colorways, like and the storytelling of it. And I think that's why they're a hit automatically. You know what I mean? Like in those colors and. And, and and what and what Ben does with with those with those sneakers to create um, to get his story out. You know, what I mean, they're, they're, they're really dope. You know, what I mean, like this this last shoe, you know, they they gave now they're doing, you know, what I mean, the I thought Giannis did. A, I thought Nike did a good job with the Zoom Freak. But again, another hard sell. You know, shoes I like the Zoom involved. Freaks, too. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think Giannis, not even Giannis, I think. Kyrie and Paul George are indicative of what I was talking about um, earlier in that, like, in the 90s, a player of their ilk wouldn't have gotten a shoe. And Paul George is on his fourth Nike shoe, Um, which, you know, it just speaks to the times. Um, Another line that I wanted to highlight, and I think I I, I highlighted in the written portion of this convo that we're, we're having, is the Grant Hills. Um, specifically the Grand Hill 2s with Fila, um, I just remember, like, very vividly, man, like, that pat- that little patent leather trim on the side, like, that thing was every- everywhere in New York. Everybody. You know why that was an easy sell, though? His game. His game. And, and his markability. Like, and his, you think about it was it, all, of commercials. It. Yeah, all, of it. all of it. All of it. All of it. It was like, um, he's he next mattered. up after Jordan. He mattered culturally. He was the first next Jordan. 
Yeah. He was the first person that people tap like, yo, it's going to be Grand Hill's league. And like Trey said, that drink, Grand Hill drinks Sprite? Grand Hill drinks Sprite. And the dude bricks the dunk. And then, like, that was everywhere. You know, um, he just kind of matted in such a way. And, um, like, when, when Steph had that moment where he's selling out shoes and Under Armour thinks they're going to kill Nike and Ethan claims to be tanking Under um, Nike stock with his article – um, um, the, like what that reminded me of was the Grand Hill moment. That's what that made me think. I was like, "Look, man, Grand Hill and Fila had a dope moment. Like they were killing it. Um, they 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 had it. They had the culture, and they were killing Nike with price point, basically availability and all of that. And of course, like Trey said, like this dude was so marketable. He was so charming. His game was just so smooth. Like." All around game, he was he was a triple double monster. Like he had a whole narrative and dunking push on behind people, him. like dunking everything. Um, and then it, that moment came and went because injuries robbed them of his prime years. But I definitely wanted to highlight. I thought the Grand Hill series didn't get enough respect in the in the rankings for sure. Jared, uh, what's your most overrated and underrated sneaker line? Oh wow, put me on the spot with that. Uh, I have to go back to the rankings, and this I thought underrated. I would go with the T Max. Yeah, and yeah, man. I I, and I I think I wrote about this in my responses that will be running this week. But I I I think that for most people, your kind of like your your core aesthetic, your response to your favorite sneakers is very much rooted in when you start playing ball as a kid especially if you're playing in like rec leagues and stuff where you're trying to come correct with their sneakers. And so for me, the question with AI and then um, in the T-Max, those were the kicks that I was wearing when I was playing as a kid. And I just like, you know, I was excited every year to get the new ones. And the T-Max, there was just the, the original, it was really the, the first three were the ones that were the real hits. And it started to kind of go off a little bit as his career went off. But for one, he had that in- unstoppable commercial with all the tiny little like, you know, um, like parachute divers and fighter jets and stuff trying to you know, hold him back as he's running down the floor, which is just such an iconic commercial. And when you have those great iconic commercials to establish the brand, I think that makes a huge impact. But the, the they just did an amazing job with creating diagonal lines that would go across the shoe that gave it this very sporty and very kind of aggressive look to it that I thought was a really exciting kind of new design phase coming out of the 90s where there was kind of – you know, there was like the Nike bubble style with the little bubbles bursting out of the sides or just kind of like very thick on the top, high, like high angled vamps. And this just had this this sleekness that it had a very sports car aesthetic that I also also kind of remind me of my favorite bad shoe of all time, which is the the, the Kobe from Adidas, oh, the Stormtrooper. Yeah. The Stormtrooper. Yeah. And I thought that was the other major one that was underrated. And maybe it's because my first basketball shoe was the original KBA with Adidas. And I, and I wore all those Kobe's leading up to that point. And then I switched to T-Mac at some point, but I love that stormtrooper look. I loved that kind of late nineties, early two thousands trying to be very, I guess, skeuomorphic with the shoe design where it's like trying to use, make it look like it's made out of metal or make it look like it's a machine of some sort. And so I really love those. And I guess that I, I, we said this before, but the dames coming in at number nine, I think that's, that was just way too high. Uh, Yovan, what about you? Most underrated, most overrated shoe line. So I, I'm actually going to agree with, 
Jared a bit. I, I thought, um, and I, I do think it's an age thing because you know we're both in our late twenties, and and for me, when I started playing basketball, that was um, you know early two thousands, uh, around the time when it was you know Kobe and T Mac and AI, like the, those were the guys at that point. Um, so I, I have an affinity for those shoes. Um, I, I thought AI should have been higher in, in the top ten. Um, he, he was number seven. I thought he should have been for sure ahead of KD. Um, and, and probably Kyrie too. Like I, I think it makes sense that Kyrie was the the highest of of the you know the newer generation, the, the guys within the last decade or so. Uh, but at number five to me was a little bit too high. Um, so I, I would say AI and T Mac probably both should have been higher. And then for overrated, I, I thought it was Dame. I, I thought if you were going to put an Adidas guy in the top ten, it, it should have been T Mac or Kobe. Um, I, and I, I thought Dame. While it is, you know, from I've never, uh, you know, tried on a Dame. I've never played in a Dame. But uh, there are a lot of people who I respect who, who say it's arguably the most comfortable, you know, kind of modern basketball sneaker and has a good price point and um, some some cool colorways and designs. But uh, for me, I've just never been attracted to the Dame. And I think if you were going to go with an Adidas athlete in the top 10, it would have been T-Mac or Kobe. Uh, but I, I will say to, to add to Jared's point. Um, you know, one of the, the questions in this roundtable was, what's your favorite sneaker uh, on the list? And for me, that's the Jordan one. But uh, again, I, I don't want to be cliche with my answer. So my real oh, favorite cliche sneaker with your answer. No, no I, I was I was. But I'm going to I'm saying I'm saying like I, that, that's my actual favorite. But like I, I want to be a little bit different. So my second favorite is the Kobe. I, and I don't know what it is. Um, I, I think it's similar to Zach's relationship with the space. Uh, th- th- yeah, that you know wow. the, the one he wore. He wore it in all three um, playoff runs, uh, you know, of the three peat. And I know they're like bulky. Um, you know, they're supposed to look like an Audi, but they don't really they look like, like a PT Cruiser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but they, they got you know I, I like the colorways. You know, they got the sunshines, um, the, the stormtroopers. Um, they had those like playoff mesh ones, um, the, the, the silver ones, the black ones. But uh, I don't know what it is. Like I, I kind of know on some level they're ugly and, and they're really bulky. And uh, I have a couple pairs and they're not that comfortable. Uh, but but they're still retro. You know, there's still guys in the league uh, wearing them that you know that are Adidas athletes. And something about them, I can't explain it. It's, it's like Zach and, and Nicolas Cage. You know, you, you can't well, explain hold on, it. Hold on a fucking minute. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Even my dog got pissed off at that one. He barked at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Trey, what's your what's your most overrated and underrated shoe line? All right, from the readers voting, I'm gonna say um, Paul George was overrated at nine. Yeah. Uh, and underrated, I'm gonna go Barkley at 14. I felt like that was very disrespectful. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, like Bark Chuck Chuck has some of the strongest under like he has some of the strongest signature lines. In the 90s, that yeah. was just kind of like, you know what I mean, like a pivotal point to like a lot of these shoes that, that we have now. So, again, I, I, I can't I can't really judge the post of this, you know, the reader's votes. But, again, I view it, I view it from uh, being a, uh, a sneaker guy since 93, I would say, that I actually had control over buying my own sneakers. Um and being tapped in with the community you know i do see some red flags in here but again i can't base it off that i don't know if people you know buy shoes like that 
Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've particularly owned over like maybe 800 pair of shoes. So right. it's <laughs> seems like a healthy amount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Trey, Trey, I'm going to, I'm going to play host here for a sec. So I, I'm not a big fan of the Barclays and they're, okay. d- they're definitely a little bit before my time. Can you help me understand the mystique and the impact that the Barclays had at the time? Um, so just think about this straight up. You heard about Michigan Fab Five, right? Of course. Okay, that was the shoe they chose as a team shoe to wear with their black socks. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's so that that shoe you could. It not was have like that. a political statement. It was a political statement for that one. I'm not a role model. Just Chuck's persona publicly was badass. Like right. that's that's a big part of what's happening here. Yeah, you like, want to go it, throw it, somebody through a window? Like, and, <laughs> and, and then Nike actually backed the campaign of him being this quote-unquote bad guy. He actually had a video game with Sega Genesis called Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Like, <laughs> that game was so trash. <laughs> yeah, man, you played it, Zach. We did. Yeah. It was so bad. These, these, just the, the whole attitude of a bad boy uh, scenario, you know what I mean? Like these shoes, when he got to Phoenix with those cool jerseys in, uh, in, in 92, 93, in 93, 94 series, they were they were awesome. The the hint of purple, the hint of orange, the black, like a lot of his sneakers were just crazy. They just they went so hard with the the Air Max, um, you know what I mean? The tech, Air Max technology that it was just also a comfortable sneaker. And then they didn't do they didn't do like those round laces. They had the flat regular tennis shoe laces yeah. still. So again, it just means so much. You know what I mean? Like again, in the nineties, the nineties was so pivotal because. You even wore big man shoes. Reggie Miller had a signature line. David Robinson had a signature line. Tim Duncan had some cool Nikes. So, again, these were very important to us. Like, we had to have everything. And Nike's commercials were so good. That's what the selling point was. The commercials helped back these players up so much versus what we got now. We don't really get any commercials. We get a rollout here and there. We get a poster. We get a photo shoot. And a storyline of like, you know, what I mean, a written piece on it. And, and then here, if you like it, get it. If you don't, then don't buy it. You know what I mean? And, and the price point is different. Like for LeBron to have a $220 shoe, our first $200 shoe was the Airphone Posit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That came out in 90, 90, 97. Right. And they didn't make it. They didn't make it under seven and a half. So you had to like. You had to grow up to get that shoe. Like you weren't getting it as a kid. That was the shoe you wanted to have, and your parents probably wasn't going to pay two hundred and sixteen dollars after taxes. You know. Yeah. And, ju- um, and just to bridge the kind of the generations there, Jared, uh, commercials uh, back when um, back when people watched t- TV, <laughs> well, uh, commercial commercials were these things like you know how you could just kind of fast forward to the next segment of a thing. Like commercials were these things in between those that you couldn't fast forward through, and they would try to sell you things and you know. So yeah, you're saying I'm, Netflix used to have commercials. Netflix yeah. used to have commercials, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at the CB34s, like all of these. Oh man, these CB34s were fire, man. Oh my goodness, like people were like that. That um all that um 360 Air Max unit, Air Bubble unit was just like. Anytime you would see that on a shoe, it was like, all right, I have it look, to get these It looked things. like you were going to space. Like, it, it was like such a crazy technology. That it's like, wow, you can see the air inside this shoe. Like, it was so dumb, but like, that was the that was the allure. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was like, oh we my God, I can easily, see. <laughs> yeah. We were very easily impressed um, in those days. And I think, yeah, like what Trey said, 
Um, Barkley just had this, you know, again, he had this aura of anti-establishment against the grain associated with him, right? Um, that's why I think the Barkley sneakers just meant so much to people. Um, to go against what 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 Jared and and, and Yovan said, I actually picked T Mac as my overrated. I'm what? Like, yeah, to put wow. that. Oh, you can add me to it because T Mac's my underrated man. I, the T Mac twos, I like that. That's like a top five shoe for me ever. To me, to put him in the bottom, the 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 top part of this wow. list. Um, and to me, it's about the potential that just didn't feel like Adidas reaching. And I don't blame it on T Mac. I think when you think about T Mac at his apex physically. Um, he was just as good as any wing in the NBA. Kobe fans, don't at me, okay? Um, T-Mac was every bit as good as Kobe. I'm not saying he was better. And his prime lasted way less longer than Kobe's did, which obviously what clearly separates Kobe from T-Mac. We know that. I'm just saying at his apex, when he was averaging 33 and eight assists and rebounds and had the handle, could shoot it, could pass, was just – he was – on another freaking planet, I just think Adidas dropped the ball um, design-wise, marketing-wise. They never told a dope enough story that captured the imagination of the public in um, in a way that, say, the Grant Hills caught the imagination. And, you know, how other brands, non-Nike brands, have been able to never really sustain a story with an athlete and their signature line, but have had moments. I don't think Adidas ever delivered on the potential of a T-Mac moment. And so that's why I put it as a bit overrated. Um, again, not of no fault of his own. Um, agree with Trey. I think the Barkley line just just gets short shrift, Grant Hill. Um, as far as my own favorite personal, probably the Scottie Pippins um, of 1997. Uh, I just, you know, I, I can remember buying those sneakers. I had to actually, quote unquote, settle for them because my dad was just like, mm. I'm not paying the 150 or 160, whatever the mics cost. I think it was 12s at the time. Um, and I got the Pippins instead. And I remember wearing them on my block. I was the first person on my block with them on. Um, and people were really were really digging them and into them. Um, and I just remember that gratification of like having something first and everybody being like, yo, those shits are hard. Um, and so, yeah, those those Pippins from 97 are, are probably a sneaker that, that, that sticks out in my mind for me. Yeah, team. Well, I mean, I mean, Waz is just out of his mind. T Max is the underrated one. I'd say one fair point that you're definitely making is that T Max shoe line is very much like his career, where it hit this, I feel, an incredible peak early on. Look, around around the like T Max 4, the back problems come in very for the shoes. Yes, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Well, those first three, I'll take. I'll take the first three. He's a, he's, he's a, did you just. Sorry, did you just make the sneaker transition to, to the. To the injury, I did. I 100 percent did. I don't know if the timeline works, but that's what the I'm going with. Just gave out like his back. That's yeah, crazy. It did. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, I would say for yeah for me, underrated is the T Max. Like those T Max twos, I had everywhere. Like I, I could, I, I must have had like three or four colorways of those almost immediately. Um, overrated. I mean, I said it earlier. It's the Paul George. I just, I don't get the Paul George thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. Not as a player, but just the shoe. Like, the shoe doesn't do anything for me. Uh, but they are apparently comfortable, as Trey said. They are apparently super comfortable. Um, let's, Actually, let's- Zach, while, while you're saying that, I, you know, one thing that I have to also add in just for the um, – on behalf of the uh, Dames, since I was the one that was really hammering on them before, 
the they're one of the most popular sneakers for Adidas athletes in the league. Like they're they're worn by so many of the players out there. So they do. I think that just the comfort level definitely gives them more credit than I think we were giving them. From yeah, the design I, perspective. I think I was gifted the the Derrick Rose six. It was either five or six from from Adidas at like some All Star weekend. And I attribute the, playing in those for like a year to it gave me a, uh, you know how like a bunion is on the inside of your foot where your big toe is? A bunionette <laughs> is when it comes on the on the outside. And on my left foot, I have a bunionette. So just a bunion that has grown on the outside of uh, edge of my foot. And I attribute those 100% to the Derrick Rose shoes that I was gifted because after I stopped wearing them, it stopped hurting as much. So I think the Dame shoes have to be comfortable because what they were giving out was terrible. I also received a pair of Dwight Howard's one year, and uh, I wore those once, and they were garbage. I'll say that. <laughs> I need to struggle with that one. Um, all right, let's go to best story to cop a pair. Yovan, what do you got? So I actually don't have any really crazy stories, even though I came up with this question. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like, I, I mean, for, for me, by the time I had any level of disposable income to spend on sneakers, it, it was more of, um, just like sneakers app and getting up at six fifty, six fifty five, and, um, you know, hoping I'm a size 14. So thankfully, like sometimes I'm able to get sneakers because that size doesn't sell out as, as quickly as other sizes. Um, but you know, uh, so most of my sneaker yeah, I've I've gotten a couple off whites through raffles or through getting lucky, but I ended up flipping those um, just because of how much money they, they've gone for. Oh, so you're part um, of the problem. My, you're part of the problem, problem. Yovan. Um, well, well, what one was like the the UNC ones, which I, I'm just not a big baby blue guy. Um, so and I flipped those like thirteen hundred. Um, so that oh, wow. that was <laughs> yeah to, to to Flight Club. Um, and then. <laughs> Uh, the other ones, but I got the Presto, uh, the Prestos, but I was actually going to keep those, but they only came, I could only get them in a 13 and, um, they, they just didn't fit. So I ended up, um, flipping those, but, uh, my, my most random one is probably, uh, you know, Waz is going to like this story. Uh, I went to the OVO store and I want to say it was, it was 2014, 2015, um, right after the OVO, the white OVO tens had dropped. And, you know, those sold out really quickly online, but I just asked them, I was like, Hey, like, you know, by chance, do you guys have any, any sneakers? And, you know, did you have any left over? And at first they're kind of skeptical and they didn't want to check, but they were like, all right, what, what, what's your size? And I was like 14 and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go check. And, and they came out with a pair of 15. So it wasn't my size, but, um, <laughs> wow. that, that was just like by chance of me asking, like, you know, at first they're kind of <laughs> testing me, like, you know, why do you want them? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what's your size? And they, that was the last one in stock. So I ended up getting, um, a, a pair, you know, size 15 of, of the OVO 10. So, um, I, I kind of learned, like, if you ask, you, you never know, you, you might be able to cop a pair. Um, I, I, as I admonish Jovan for flipping shoes, I did try to win those, yeah. those 270 react. Travis Scott's with no intention of keeping them. I was 100 percent going to flip those if I'd won those, that raffle the other day. Uh, Waz, what about you? What's your best cop story? Man, I'm 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 old school in the sense that like I don't come from the culture of 
sleeping in a tent for a week for a pair of no. sneakers. No. No. Or I never did the wake up super early on Saturdays to go to, say, Jamaica Ave in Queens to buy a pair of sneakers. Like, oh, is that, I New either, is that New York? Yes, oh, New York. Yeah, you know the vibes. Yeah. Um, I either, I either, <laughs> if I, I either I could get them because I threw a hookup, or I paid the extra to get them early, or go to a um, you know, a consignment spot and just pay your extra thirty, forty bucks because I could afford to pay the extra. I've never done any of the crazy shit that has been out there. Like, man, I, I think people camped out for two weeks for the Red Octobers, <laughs> like. Literally in a tent on the streets of New York. That's wild. For two weeks for a freaking pair of sneakers. So I've never done any of that because I don't come from that. Like I come from a place where like when when the Jordan, you know, 11s, the black and reds came out in 95 or 96, whenever they came out, um, three weeks later, two months later, you can go into a sneaker store, ask them if they had your size and just buy them. There was no like that's that's my sneaker buying experience from when I grew up. So I've never felt I've never I just not that I'm above it. I just can't understand why I would ever do the hysterics to get sneakers. Uh, Jared, what about you? Well, I'd say for one, if anybody's ever won anything on the sneakers app, that should immediately be the top of their list because of how <laughs> rare of a feat that is. <laughs> but I've never even come close. Um, I guess I have two. The first one was. Uh, I was a very lucky man when I, I had a girlfriend in college who surprised me by taking me to Bodega in Boston for the first time. And if you don't know Bodega, it's a it's a really, really renowned sneaker store that is bes- behind a fake bodega and uh, in the middle of like the back bay in Boston where there's a Snapple vending machine and you step in front of it and it slides out of the way and you step into the sneaker store. And uh, I forget the name of Wale's first single, the one with Lady Gaga, but he, he does it. The, vi- the music video was inside the store. And I think that was the store always had a very strict no photos policy. And that was like the very first time anyone in the public had ever seen inside the store. So it was a very big deal. But the point is she brings me in there and it turns out that KG had a special edition that he made with Bodega of the TS Commander LTs, which were a pretty pretty dope shoe with like really you know three huge Adidas stripes over the top of venting down the side. And so I'm a huge Chelsea FC football fan, and they made a special limited edition version where it was an all royal blue suede with uh, yellow tongue and yellow heel. Uh, version of his shoe and it was only being sold at bodega and it came with a bodega chelsea scarf also and so i was a size 12 at the time they had either size 11 or size 14 i decided to go for size 11 uh those are the last two that existed in the entire world and of course within a year my foot grew another size and so (laughs) i was only able to wear the size 11s like four times before they became painfully small so i very much regret not getting the 14s um, and then the other really quick one was, so that was my civilian cop. Uh, but now that we're in the media, we get special access to some cool stuff. And one that was really cool was Nike a couple of years ago. They put on one of their sneak easy events in Boston where they have like a secret location where behind closed doors is this like ridiculous uh, like you know, pop up shop that they set up where they have like 
all of their rarest editions and stuff like that. And at the time, I wasn't really into you know, flipping shoes. I, well, actually, I've never sold one yet. But uh, it turned out there was like the Kyrie Ray guns. There was this limited edition foam posit I'd never heard of. It turned out they were all worth like a thousand bucks on resale and people were freaking out over them. And I was like, I don't know why people care about this, but I was able to get the what the Kyrie's there, oh, which yeah. are really cool. They're like a combination of like his first yeah. couple editions. They're really cool. And then the LeBron 15s, which I, which might be my favorite shoe ever. It's really high up there, but I really love the kind of futuristic mutant esque design of it. And they had it in the ghost line, which is kind of like a, a khaki brown borderline wheat version of it. And so they had that there. So I was able to cop those and the whole shopping experience with the sneak easy is cool. Cause you walk into what looks like the inside of a spaceship and there's like a guy with a golden key that he opens a drawer and out pops this golden box with the shoe in it. It's like, it's a, it's, it's an experience unlike anything I've ever seen before. Golden box, huh? Oh boy. Uh, Trey, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, man, I can't compete with some of these stories, uh, but I will say, uh, yeah, I, I, I did school a couple of times um, when Michael Jordan's sneakers would come out on Wednesdays and I would dress specifically just like the colorway because I was coming back to school at lunchtime wearing the shoes that I picked up early <laughs> okay. in the morning. All right. Um, and, and this was back when foot action was big and it was, uh, if you were a foot action gold member, that means yeah. you had to buy like tons of Jordans. Right. And just tons of shoes. You had to spend a bunch of certain amounts. So I would be able to get a ticket automatically and skip the line on certain releases. But then I also was a kid that had to have every shoe. And I felt like if I didn't have it, I'm not going to school. And I would literally miss days if I didn't get those shoes. <laughs> Because I had to have them. So I had <laughs> literally every Jordan released from 98 to about 2005. And then, I, and then I quit because they came out with some like really nasty shoes like the Jordan Fusions and the Dub Zeros. And I quote unquote quit the sneaker game. And then I, I came back really strong maybe like five years after. Right. And, um, you know, I was able to to land certain shoes. Um, like I said, most of the shoes that a lot of people want now, I got. Um, I haven't bought a shoe since January 1st, but um, I would say like raffles and stuff like that. I, I, I normally and it, I would I would give that advice for people that are listening. Um, if you if you really want those shoes, you need to come into the sneaker stores and shop for shoes that aren't just the dope shoes. Yeah. And build relationships with those with those sneaker companies. I mean, those sneaker consignment shops, um, because they'll look out for you. All you have to do is just be a good person. Like, you know, Nike's the, the Dunk is back popular, and a lot of people have been going crazy over Dunks. I just go into skate shops and get them because I actually skate. But for one, they know I'm not going to resell them. So I mean, like, it's nothing against reselling shops, Yovan. You know, making <laughs> able able to able to flip them. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, obviously, Zach, you openly admitted that you you would flip them too. I did. I was going um, to 100. Yeah. But again, the game is the game. You can't shame people for flipping stuff. You can't shame people for wanting to wear their stuff. Or people that people. I feel like people that dead stock shoes are no better than people that sell the shoes because they're not getting worn. 
right. regardless. 100%. And if you don't wear your shoes, they're going to crumble. So I don't know why people hold on to certain shoes for so long. Wear your shoes. Yes. Russ, Bank- Russ Bankston says it best. Wear yes. your shoes. 100% wear your shoes. Um, yeah, all right. I don't have great cop stories necessarily, but um, but I did. So <laughs> the other, I guess, well, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. Um, I forgot about the drop of the Blue Toe Jordan 1s. And so, like, I woke up. I woke up at seven that morning, but forgot. Like, didn't check my phone for the alerts or anything. And so, like, just picked up my phone. It was seven o three. Went through notifications and noticed the notification that I missed. I was like, "Oh God, these got to be gone by now." Um, and just went on the app, and lo and behold, like, it said I could buy a size twelve. And then I was, you know, waiting in line on the app and everything, and it said you got them. I was like, "Oh, then everyone must have got these." And then I went on Twitter, and it, there were so many stories of, "No, man." Another L, another L. So I don't know how I ended up, showed up late and still ended up with those. Uh, maybe someone's purchase didn't go through or something, but I I felt like I, I got lucky with those recently. And then I think my most memorable one, the Jordan 17s came in a, came in a briefcase. Yes. Those were yep. the ones. So Yes. Yep. Also I, 200 bucks. Yes. Knew they were coming out. Uh, you know, saved up. Basically back then I didn't really have a whole lot of expenses. So, um, you know, Every other paycheck was going to Foot Action or or Foot Locker or something like that, right? So, uh, and they weren't they were like you know two hundred fifty dollar paychecks or something like that. Like I, so I was really spending like every other paycheck with super cheap rent and almost no expenses um, in my in my early twenties. Like I, you know, just buying as many shoes as I could, and so saved up, saved up, went in. Was in a bit of a line, but it wasn't like camp- camping out for days or whatever. But went into the the Arden Fair Mall in Sacramento, went to the Foot Action, got them, had the briefcase. It came with like a CD-ROM or something like that. For I don't even remember why. I think they had like an extra extra flap, which is interesting. That I hate straps on shoes, but they had these flaps that you know you could hook in. They were also super hard to hook in. Um, but I remember I went home and, I'm, and I walk in carrying this briefcase, and my dad's like what are you doing? Like, what, why do you have a briefcase? I was like, oh, I bought shoes. And like my dad, my dad does not understand spending money on shoes. My dad does not understand why shoes would come in a briefcase. And so trying to explain to him, one, what I bought, two, why they came in a briefcase, and three, how much I spent on these shoes was like a two-hour argument. And still to this day, he doesn't understand. <laughs> but yeah, brief, briefcase shoes. Like that's. I don't think has any anything else since then came in a, come in a briefcase. No, no uh, one's dealing with that gimmick, right? I like mean, special boxes here I mean, and there, but the, the boxes the are great though. The certain certain rollout to Nike, like the Ben and Jerry Dunks, came in actual ice cream carton. Did they? Um, I didn't yes. even know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Strange Loves had a, a special box. Yeah, you know I mean the, the shoes that I wore that had the velvet in it. Yeah. Um, just different shoes, man. That just the rollouts are also great. Like Kyrie came in a cereal box. Yeah, you know what I mean. And an actual bowl comes with it with a spoon. Yeah, you know I mean it's just different shoes. You know what I mean. You have to appreciate, you know, what I mean the backstories of the shoes and and and, and how these designers get creative. Um, I think it's gonna do it. I think we talked about like 20 30 minutes and we've gone more than double that so we could we can end it here uh check out the ranking on the athletic of the top 25 um sneaker lines of all time uh thanks to the readers for participating obviously thanks to the sneaker committee um and then check out the round table which by the time this is up that should be up as well 
Um, and again, uh, please be safe. Please, uh, please be responsible, but also be heard and know that we're with you. Uh, for Jovan Buha, for Trevon Edwards, for Wazi Lambrey, for Jared Weiss, I'm Zach Harper. This has been Basket Buds edition of the Backpack Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network.